Hi, I'm BJ, and this is the Arcane Alienist Podcast. Well, it's day 16 of RPG a day month. <laughs> Today's topic is move. Uh, this also happens to be my 50th episode. So I'll um, take a call and then get to the topic and then finish up with a, some thoughts on having 50 episodes under my belt. Hey, BJ. Interesting episode. Um, lots of calls. I, I know what that's like. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a big cause of that. Anyhow, supplements. You know, it's interesting because I'm also a fan of supplements, but at the same time, I like the idea of the purity of a game. You can just take that game and, and run with it, you know, that one book and do whatever you want. But supplement, I, given the option between supplements and new base systems, I agree with you. I would rather add the supplements. I would rather add I, – I do think the rule system matters – can matter for the genre. I think some rule systems do enhance some genres. I, I do believe that. So I think you want to have a handful of different rule systems, but like you say, but after that, yeah, I'd be happy with a handful of rule systems than just a bookshelf full of supplements, to be honest. Um, it, yeah. Okay. Just one call today. Take care. That was Jason <clears throat> Carnley of the RPG nerds RPG variety cast. Uh, thanks for the call, Jason. Um, yeah, I think we're of one mind on that. It's probably good to have a a subset of core rule systems. You know, to the extent that different rule st- systems will give you different types of games, and then to supplement out from there. Um, so yeah, uh, I think we're we're seeing eye to eye on that. Thanks for the call. So today's topic for RPG a day is move. Um, <clears throat> it took me a little while to think of anything to say about this one. I don't know if I'm running out of ideas as the month wears on, or if this is just, um, you know, what do you say about the word move or the idea of movement? Um, you know, uh, role-playing games evolved out of tactical war games where, where movement, strategic movement, tactical movement is very important. Um, and I think that depending on the type of role-playing game you play now, it, it remains so. Uh, t- if you do any kind of battle map and miniatures or tokens, you know, it uh, it's important. Um, I mean, technically it's important, even if you're doing theater to the mind. I mean, you, you, you have a general sense of how far you can move, even if it's sort of a, a descriptive term. I, I know a... There's a, there's a, a movement now, a uh, movement. <laughs> there, there's a, a, a trend now in some games to, to eliminate um, hard distances and just say you're either here or there. Things are either near or far or really far. And to use zones when you define an environment um, to get past the need to move and count and then to keep, keep the speed going and give it a little more of a narrative. And it's useful... You can do it with miniatures, but you can also do it in theater of the mind. And the idea is that, you know, on your move, you can go from here to there. Uh, or maybe if you skip any other action and take a double move, you can go from here to there to farther over there. However, those zones are, uh, dude, I'm not describing it very well. If you look for D&D and zone combat on YouTube or just Google it, you'll get 
ample descriptions. Hank and Fernell, Hank and Fernell, who does the Runehammer stuff, has has some great descriptions in in his published games and also videos on it when he goes through how he he runs games as a DM. So I would refer you there as well. Um, I think there's also a Dungeon Craft video on it from, from the Dungeon Craft series on on YouTube. Um, but that's one way of look, thinking about movement. Movement is important whether you use a, a hex map or a grid or it's just sort of a general narrative descriptor. Um, I enjoy as a tactical player the idea of movement. That, that, that part of the thing is, is, as I go back to some of the things I've talked about this month, being aware of other people, being a good team player, knowing your skill set and those of the other characters that your friends are playing when, when you get together to play. Um, tactical movement is still a very fun part of the game to me. And, and really, you know, old school D&D, you can do Theater of the Mind. Probably Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, you can do Theater of the Mind. But really, 3rd, 4th, and 5th edition D&D, you can do them Theater of the Mind, but they really, really are designed to push you towards using some sort of visual representation on a battle map. Because a lot of the, the rules, a lot of the, some of the spells different class and character abilities will um, depend very much on, on how, what direction someone moves, how far they move, whether movement is voluntary or forced. Uh, because particularly when opportunity attacks start to come and put to play in third edition, when and how and where you move is important. Uh, and so I enjoy, you, you can get overly cumbersome. You can get really crunchy on that, like, you know, third edition D and D and and Pathfinder, the, the original Pathfinder, really super crunchy on that. Um, and if you like that kind of a game, that that's cool. I, I it's maybe a little much for me, um, but then again, old school D and D, you know, I I enjoy it, but I'm fine with some somewhere in the middle, <laughs> where where it's not super crunchy, but it is um, a rule or a thing you have to, to consider is where you move and when you move. Um how you move together as a, as a team when you're going into a dangerous place. Do you, do you split up? Do you spread out? Do you cluster together? Um, those, are, those are questions to ask. I think the, the character we death, the character death we had in, in my uh, OSE game a couple weeks ago was partially due to everybody spreading themselves out. Um, and so they couldn't focus fire. They, they were all pretty much skirmishing one-on-one with hobgoblins while there were goblin archers shooting at them and a, and a bugbear sneaking up through the woods behind them. So they, you know, the, where they chose to move affected the outcome of that, uh, that combat. And even though they, they ultimately won, it was at the cost of one of the, uh, the characters who was a, a founding member of the, the adventuring group. So, um, yeah, move, movement can be pretty important, uh, obviously. Um, and then there's a question of, of you know, do you, do you just say, like we do in, in modern games, you know, when, you, when your turn comes up, you can move and do one other thing. Uh, or do you go back to the old regimented, which is really the way original D&D did it, and I think BX does it as well, where there's a distinct movement phase separate from melee attacks, missile attacks, spells. You still go in this order of operations, which is, I think, very important in wargaming. I don't know how much utility it has in... Um, I haven't found the real utility of it in D&D, even though I mean, we've kind of fudged that rule in, in OSE and just said, 
we're doing side based initiative, but just go around the group and you take your turns in whichever one within the group you want, unless you're casting a spell or retreating, which kind of locks you into something. Um, and just move and attack or attack and move it. Because I really can't see how it makes a huge lot of difference the way initiative works. If someone could explain that better to me, I'd love to get a call on that. Um, on just what I'm missing that's, that's sort of why you would want to have a distinct movement phase. Um, and particularly in BX, why it comes where it does between missile and magic. Um, yeah, someone could explain kind of what go what. <laughs> I still scratch my head on that one. It doesn't seem to be detracting from the game that we've suspended that a little bit, but um, but I, w- I would like to hear other people's experiences and ideas. Anyway, those are my thoughts on movement for day sixteen of RPG a day. Well, it's the fiftieth episode. I I'm not going to do anything real special for it. I, I thought maybe I should, but maybe I'll save that for episode one hundred if I make it that far. Um, I really didn't have anything unique or interesting to talk about that I was ready to do that might count for a special 50th episode. So uh, I think I'm just going to say some thank yous to a couple of groups of people, and then we'll head on in to episode 51 and then go on from there. First up, I want to thank my players, Um, the the people who play in my games and endure my... um, I guess they're having fun. I, I wouldn't call it a bad DM style, but but I know um, sometimes they have to endure me getting befuddled with rules or deciding, hey, I want to do something differently, and they just kind of have to go on that ride with me as I play around with house rules and, and new ideas and things like that. But uh, in no particular order, let me see if I can list all my players off the top of my head. I want to say thank you to Chris, Christina, Emily, Sarah, Josh, Amanda, Michael, Bill, Dave, Megan, Dan, Matt, Sarah. I got two Sarahs in there. (laughs) Um, Wes and Grant. I think that's everybody across my my, uh, games that I'm currently running and playing in. So thanks to all those folks for making a a good time when I when we do sit down to play it's all virtual we were just starting to think about maybe trying to get back to some in-person play and then this delta variant of the covid hit and so we're kind of all back back to just I think doing it virtual right now uh, for the time being um, so thanks to all my players um, and I'm looking forward to many years of great gaming ahead of us I also want to thank um, the anchor podcasting community they, they they've taken me in and made me one of their own <laughs> over the last few months uh so uh again kind of in no predictor order here's some great podcasts that i listen to and people i've interacted with either through call-ins or through chat in the audio dungeon discord um so all of them are doing some really interesting stuff so give them a look and um here we go, and again, these are in no in no particular order. Uh, Logan Howard of the Swordbreaker Podcast, um, Spencer Keep Off the Borderlands Podcast, Barney's Local Ludus, um, Brian have to look that up. Brian's currently in the process of relocating to Australia, so he's been out of the loop for a while, but hopefully he'll get back soon. 
uh, Andy Goodman, Expedition to the Gri- Expedition to the Grizzly Peaks. Uh, Tim Short of Gothridge Manor. Uh, Daniel Norton of Bandit's Keep. John Large and Hannah Large of the Red Dice Diaries. Uh, Jay Webster's Role Play Rescue. Evil Jeff, Minions and Musings. Uh, Mignon, also known as Rob. Confessions of a Wee Timorous Bushy. Um, Arlen Walker, live from Pelham's Wasteland. Jason Connolly, Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Taylor of the Clerics Wear Ringmail Podcast. Carl Rodriguez, the GM Geologist Presents. Ray Otis of Plundergrounds. Um, the Red Caps Podcast. Hindsightless, that's Joe Richter. Uh, Jules from NZ or Jules from NZ. Uh, Colin Green of Spike Pit. And Down in a Heat by Rob C. I uh, particularly want to shout out to Rob because uh, I got introduced to podcast the Anchor and the idea of doing a podcast on Anchor by listening to Rob's Down in the Heat podcast. So a uh, big thanks to him for the inspiration there. Uh, and also, uh, I'd like to particularly rec- <laughs> say a big thank you to, uh, to Colin, to uh, Jason, to Daniel, to um, Carl and to Joe Richter, uh, those are the guys that, that I get the most calls from and, and, and have had, interacted with the most great, great group of folks. Um, so I, I particularly enjoy getting calls from you guys and being able to, to further conversations and have discussions. So, again, thank you to the Anchor community for uh, letting me be a part of the, the conversation. And finally, I want to thank anybody who's doesn't fall into either of those two previous categories who might also be listening. Um, you know, Anchor gives us a little bit of a- analytics on, on who our audience is, but it doesn't tell you who they are. It just gives you some estimates of their, their ages, their, uh, their um, I think you get a little bit on gender, and then um, where they are in the world, most of them, the U.S., a handful, I, th- I think if I got it, Eight percent in the United Kingdom, ninety-one uh, percent in the U.S., and then the, the other one percent is scattered all, all over the, the place: <laughs> Europe, Australia, Japan. I always wonder who those. I think I can figure out who some of the international ones are based on the podcasters I interact with. But I really would be curious to know where you know where people are from, um, particularly if you've never called in before, and particularly if you're not another podcaster on anchor or if you're not um one of my players i mean if i just got some random fans out there somewhere i'd I'd love to hear from you so uh thanks to all the listeners thanks to my players thanks to uh, the other anchor podcasters and with that i'm going to get out of here and that's it for this episode of the arcane alienist i want to thank dave bone for the cover art that I use for the episodes, check out ironseer.com. And the music is Come and Get It by Scott Holmes Music. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, give me a call sometime through the Anchor app or at the Anchor website. And I'll be back in the future with another episode. <laughs>